Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. All right, let's get, uh, let's get into the Word today. Uh, and if you will, you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. We'll be there in just a second. I want to set, the, the, I want to set up that scripture um, by saying this, last week I preached a message called pray first. And I believe that, uh, that is the word of the Lord for us this year. That's the, the theme for us as a church this year, uh, n- not just as a church collective, but as individual members of the church who are truly trying to follow Jesus, um, in this year. So pray first. Prayer should not ever be a last resort for us. We shouldn't think of it that way. We shouldn't present it that way. Prayer should be our first instinct. As we face each new day, as we face each new challenge, as we face each new opportunity, as we face each new blessing, we should pray first. Now, uh, as passionate as I am about that uh, important word, uh, it occurred to me this week that pray first is incomplete. And I want to hasten to say it's pray first, but it's not pray only. It's not that that's the only thing we should do. there, There are things that come after prayer. It isn't that prayer isn't always a good thing and it's not always important because it is. It's just that what happens after we pray or sometimes even while we're praying uh, has just as much to do with our spiritual health and our spiritual success as the praying itself. So you might be thinking, John, oh, I know you're, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about works. Prayer is the faith part. And then we have to do the work because James says faith without works is dead. And that's true, but there's something else. Today's message is called the missing step the missing step. Uh, And I want to talk about what should happen between the faith and the works, between the praying and the doing. And so now I want to go to this this passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter 3 at verses 5 and 6. It says this, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now, my first year teaching, I was a public school teacher and administrator for 10 years. And my first year teaching, I was teaching math uh, to sixth graders. And I was giving a test that required some simple uh, computations, adding and subtracting. There was a section of mixed problems. Some were addition problems, as indicated by the little plus sign, and some were subtraction problems, as indicated by the little dash. And and so I got the the class started on the test, and I was monitoring and just walking around, and I noticed uh, one of my kids, uh, and and I noticed there was a problem. And I said, hey, man, um, some of these are subtraction problems, but you added all of them. And he said, the directions say add or subtract. I don't like to subtract. So I added all of them. In the passage that we just read in Proverbs, 
we talked about last week that a pray first mentality is how we acknowledge him. We invite him into every situation of our lives through prayer and submission. And then we expect in return that he's going to bless what we do and make it, make it successful. But we, what we miss sometimes is the word direct. We want to go straight from prayer to action, from faith to works. But what we miss sometimes, like my sixth grader all those years ago, is the directions. The directions. God directs our paths. He gives us directions. But do you know what that requires? Waiting and listening. Making sure you understand the directions. And that's the missing step. The waiting is the missing step. Now, Psalm 27 and verse 14 says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. And then he says it again. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Over and over again in scripture, and we'll look at some more here in just a few minutes, but over and over again, God commands us to wait on him, not just to pray, not just to pray a blessing over an activity and then go do it, but actually wait on him in this process. Now, waiting is a hard concept for us, uh, for our American brains to comprehend because wait is not a word that, that we want to hear. We want what we want, how we want it, right now. Isn't that true? We said last week that prayer is about surrender. It's a humbling of yourself before the Lord. The dirty little secret about us Christians is that what we want or how we want it or when we want it may not be in alignment with God's will for us. Praying first and then waiting is vital to our walk with Christ. And I want to talk about three ways that waiting on the Lord helps us as believers as we follow Christ. Here's the first way. When we wait, he will clarify the work. He will clarify the work. Two, two quick examples, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. In the book of Judges is one of my favorite accounts in all the Bible. It is about a man named Gideon who reluctantly surrenders to God's call to bring the deliverance of Israel against an enemy army uh, that was 105,000 soldiers strong. So if you know the story, then you're already thinking, oh yeah, thank God he waited so long. Thank, thank God he waited before the Lord or he would have gotten killed. And that's right. He said yes to the Lord. But then he waited on God to direct every step. And as it turns out, God only wanted 300 of the 32,000 soldiers that turned up and answered his call. If, if he had only done our prayer first thing, then he would have said, okay, guys, I surrendered to the Lord and he said to deliver Israel. So let's go. God's going to bless our path to victory. If you will wait before the Lord, God will clarify the work. He'll show you exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Too often we, we may pray, but then we go charging off and, and to, to do what we were probably going to do the whole time anyway. That's not helpful. Acknowledging God is also about acknowledging that there are things that you don't know. And there are ways that you can't imagine. 
So allowing God to direct your path means waiting long enough to find out the what, the when, the why, the where, and the how of his plan if that's what he wants to tell us about. You say, but John, listen, I'm doing good stuff. I mean, I'm doing God's stuff. Why would he not... <clears throat> oh, my Lord, that was awful. Sorry. Why would he not want me to do that? Acts chapter 16 and, and verse six, verses 6 through 8 uh, tells us that. So next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word uh, in the province of Asia at that time. And then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. Who would have imagined that God would tell them not to preach in an unreached area? Had they not waited on the Lord, had they not listened for his direction, then they may have gotten themselves into trouble and cut their ministry short. They, they may have been preaching to folks who weren't ready to hear the gospel yet. Or maybe it was a thousand other things that they could never have known. We have to learn to wait on the Lord so that he can clarify the word, the, the works for us to do. As Americans, we too often mistake activity for accomplishment. We think being busy means being productive. And the difference in those things is effectiveness versus efficiency. Efficiency is doing things right. And who doesn't want to do things right? Americans will spend millions, maybe billions uh, of dollars, uh, making themselves more efficient, making things faster, smoother, easier, more convenient. That's what we like. Effectiveness, on the other hand, efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness, effectiveness is about doing right things. That's entirely different. See, who cares if you just broke the world record in a race you weren't supposed to run in the first place? Who, who cares if you're the best at something that isn't worth doing because God never called you to do it? Who cares if you added them well if the directions were for you to subtract? If you will wait upon the Lord, he will clarify the work for you. You'll be doing the right things and you'll be doing them the right way. And that's when God can bless our paths. So we often take this ready, fire, aim approach to things. And then we get mad at God when they don't turn out the way we thought they should. How much time did you spend waiting? Praying is not always about talking. It's just as much about listening. Hey, if God has never talked you out of something, if God has never, has never caused you to change your mind about something in prayer, then you're probably missing this step. Wait before the Lord so he can clarify the work. Now, here's the second way that waiting before the Lord will help you in your pursuit of becoming like Jesus. Not only will he clarify the work, but he'll strengthen you for the work. He'll strengthen you for the work that he's called you to. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, very, very familiar passage of scripture. But they that wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. What is the clear promise of God to those who take this missing step this morning? That God will give you strength. If you wait on the Lord, he will give you a strength that you neither have nor can you obtain it uh, in any other way. Once you pray and know what it is that God wants you to do, including the how, when, where, and why, if he's inclined to share it, it doesn't mean you are strong enough to do it on your own. As a matter of fact, I have come to realize that the path that God truly has for us is intentionally too hard for us. Did you hear that? God intentionally places, places us in, uh, in things that we can't do on our own. Now, it's been a little while since I shared this, so uh, I just want to hit the highlights for you. But a few years ago, God gave Valerie a series of dreams through which we eventually recognized and accepted that we were called to foster and eventually adopt children. We waited on him to clarify it for us, and then we stepped out in faith. Now, we've talked to a lot of people since then, uh, and it's been five years, over five years, almost six years since we started that journey. And we've talked to a lot of people over the years, and a lot of them say the same thing. We hear the same thing over and over again. People say, I just don't think I could do that. They say, y'all are just strong people to be able to handle that. God just made y'all special. God just made you different because I could never, I could never foster. I could never adopt. Listen, here's a newsflash. Me and Valerie are not special. We were just obedient. You see, when God shows you what to do, asking, am I able to do this, is the wrong question. If it's a God thing, you are definitely not able to do it. You are not strong enough. You are not capable of handling it on your own. You were not made for this. What God, what God calls you to, he equips you for by his grace. His grace, his power is sufficient for you. He's strong where you're weak. It's not your ability that ensures your success or your blessing. It's your availability to his calling. If he is calling and you are surrendered, then wait upon the Lord and let him renew your strength. Because if you don't, if you don't learn to operate in the Lord's strength, then you won't last. As a matter of fact, this waiting and renewing was never intended to be a one-time deal anyway. It's, it's a lifestyle. He wants, our, he wants us on our faces before him, praying, listening, seeking, surrendering, getting the work clarified, and then renewing our strength for the journey ahead. Listen, do you know how many kids are not adopted because they can't find willing people? Or even worse, do you know how many kids are left in unfit and unsafe homes because the state has no place to put them even if they took them from the home? And all the while, Christian people are asking the wrong question. They say, can I do this? And that's the wrong question. 
Do you want me to do this, Lord? That's the right question. And if you will surrender to his will, if you will take the missing step and wait on him, then he will give you the strength that you need for the journey. Any journey that he leads you on. It's not just about foster care. It's not just about adoption. It's everything God calls you to, he will equip you for. Listen, I wasn't the best candidate to pastor this church, but God called and I answered. We've got no business being a satellite campus for a ministry that helps trafficked women, but God called us and we answered. You say, John, how are you going to handle the challenges ahead for the church? How are you going to help the ladies in the HOC? How are we going to do that as a church? How how are we going to face the the challenges of, of three adopted kids in our family? Like everything else good that I've ever done in my life, I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait for the Lord to show me what to do and to give me the strength to do it. So you might be thinking, but, but why? Why do we have to wait? Why is it God's plan for us to wait? Because you don't get strong fast. Getting your strength takes time. It takes time for you to grow strong. You don't get strong fast. You know what else? You don't get healed fast either. Do you know why we deal with so much stress and anxiety in our lives? Because we don't take the time to heal from our past hurts before another hurt shows up. We've got to learn to wait upon the Lord and get renewed, get healed, get strong. It might take a little while. It might take multiple times of bringing it to him before the healing happens In layers. Because the deeper the wound is, the longer it takes to heal. But the healing is worth the wait. It's been a little bit of a crazy week uh, at the Butler house. And and finally on Friday night, I was able to sneak into the bedroom uh, by myself. Turned on some instrumental, some soft instrumental music. Turned the lights down. And I sat down in the floor. I acknowledged the Lord and just took some deep breaths. I mean, it was one of those weeks um, in terms of sermon preparation. It was one of those weeks when I had a half a dozen things in my brain, half a dozen things that I could preach, but I had no clue what it was I had to preach. You know what I mean? Because if it doesn't set me on fire, it won't even warm you up. Right? I've got I've to make sure that I know I've heard from the Lord. And after, after a little while of just, of just trying to breathe, I said to the Lord, Listen, Lord, I'm not here. I'm not interested in you just downloading a sermon for me. That, that's not what I'm here for. I, I need you to renew my strength. I need some green pasture time. I need some still water time. I need, I need to sit right here with you until my soul has been restored. You see, too often that's the missing step for me. I pray and then I launch off into the work without ever stopping to get renewed. And what happens? I run and I get weary. I walk and I get faint. And I get ill. 
and I get unproductive and I get hard to live with and I get mediocre. But I am learning, God is teaching me to wait. I am learning that my strength comes from him. I'm learning that the best ideas come from him. I'm learning to do what Stephen Covey called sharpening the saw. I'm learning that sometimes accomplishing more comes from doing less. I'm learning that 80% of my effectiveness comes from, from about 20% of my activity. So I, I, am, I am learning to stop doing stuff that I don't need to be doing so that I can do the important stuff better so that I can dig into it, so that I can pray about it and wait on the Lord. And then when he directs me and he uses me and he blesses me, I know that it comes from waiting and not from working. You say, listen, I don't have, I don't have time to wait on the Lord. I've only got time to do the work. Listen, take it from me. Take it from me. You don't have time not to wait on the Lord. Because if you don't, you'll work three times harder and it'll take four times longer because you'll be doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. You'll be trying to do it in your strength and, 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 and you'll make a mess of everything. Here's the revolutionary thing that Jesus said about his ministry on the earth. It, it said in many places that he went, alone, he went and had alone time with God. He went and spent time alone with God. He was waiting. He was getting strength. And then he said this revolutionary thing. And I think the, there's two different passages in the Gospel of John. He, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And then he said, I only say what I hear the Father saying. Isn't that, that's, that's incredible. The, the focus that Jesus had. That's why he could launch Christianity in a three-year window. That he didn't do anything that didn't accomplish his purpose. Do you, hear, do you hear what I'm saying today? Wait on the Lord and then only do what he says to do and only do it in his strength. When you learn to wait on the Lord, he will clarify his work, the work that you need to do. He will strengthen you for the work. And here's the last thing. Sometimes he will accomplish the work. Sometimes he will accomplish the work. I want to show it to you. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I'm going to hopscotch a little bit because it's a longer story, but I want you to see the application here. So here's the prayer of King Jehoshaphat, uh, and he says, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? They're, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. He comes, and he is waiting on the Lord. And as he's waiting on the Lord, verse 15, the, the, one, of the, one of the people who were there uh, prophesied and he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's tomorrow march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jeruel, but you won't even have to fight. 
take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And then verse 24 tells you what happened. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Man, did you see the process that they went through, though? They prayed first. They saw this enemy army. They, they prayed. And then they waited on the Lord to clarify the work and to give them the strength. And when they did that, God said, I got this one. This one's on me. Don't you worry about it. You just go out there and stand. You just go out there and wait and I'll take care of everything. And God went and did it for them better than they could have done it. He did the work and the people got the benefit. Listen, don't forget who it is that we serve. Don't forget who it is that we're working for. When you're surrendered to the king, you're doing the king's work. And it's just as important as, important to him to see it accomplished as it is to you. So sometimes he'll clarify things so you're being both efficient and effective. And sometimes he'll give you the strength to get it done. And sometimes he'll just do it himself on your behalf. You see, sometimes when you pray, he's going to tell you to wait. Or he's just not going to tell you anything. And if you're committed to living like Christ, and you're committed to only doing what he says to do, then you just wait. You just don't move. Because when he is quiet like that, it either means it's not the right time, or it's not the right thing to do in the first place, or he just doesn't need you involved. I've seen this, especially when it involves, when the problem or the situation involves uh, someone else's life. I, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but you can't make somebody do anything. Right? You can't make, you can yell, you can scream, you can manipulate, you can leverage, you can threaten, you can do whatever you want to do. But if they don't want to do it, you can't make them do it. So a lot of times what we need to do is to wait before the Lord and get really clear on whether or not He even wants us involved. Sometimes, He'll give us uh, the opportunity for a gentle uh, rebuke or correction. And it'll be just the right way and just the right time. But sometimes what he wants us to do is just love on him and remain silent so he can do the work. That's, all, that's always the best outcome when God does uh, the work himself. But if you don't learn to the missing step, if you don't learn to wait upon the Lord, then sometimes you get in God's way of the best outcome. So listen, we've got to pray first this year. I've got no doubt about that. And I also have no doubt that we have work to do for the kingdom of God. So faith and works, prayer and activity, all of that stuff is, is yes, but we can't miss the step in between, and that is waiting on him. We can accomplish more by doing less if we wait on the Lord. We can accomplish more if we will do it in his strength.
and we will accomplish more if we'll, let, if we'll learn to let God do what God wants to do. So our prayer this year is, Lord, help us to get clarity about what to do and what not to do. Help us to have the strength to do it. And God, help us to have the good sense to stay out of your way when you're doing the work. Help us to wait on you. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.